Are you a fan of listening? <laughs> well, you must be if you're listening to this podcast. And today we're here to tell you about another great listening opportunity. It's called Storytel. Storytel is an app that provides audiobooks and ebooks. You have access to tens of thousands of books in both English and Arabic. You can listen while cooking, driving, doing chores, and you have the option of listening online or offline. All of this for only $10 a month. You can find the link to download the app in this episode's description. Storytell, the books you love anytime, anywhere. Welcome to a new episode on Hamburger Generation, Jeel El Hamburger. COVID has given us all a tough time for a year and a half. Not only did it affect our health, but also businesses and industries were hurt pretty bad. Not many industries got hurt as much as the travel industry, and Fedger's life took a humbling turn towards self-reflection when his travel company came to a sudden halt. Listen in and find out about Fedger's journey in his COVID year. Real quick summary, like snippet about what is it that you do and your company? Dude, you've like mentioned escape travels before the early episode. <laughs> yeah, but we have new <laughs> listeners. There's, there's episode, there's always new listeners. Of course, of course, new listeners. And That's why, like a quick summary. Escape like a, Travels has been around for 11 years in Dubai. Basically, it's a tour agency. Damn, you guys been decade over. Yeah, we take people to less travel destinations, predominantly in Africa, Europe, and Asia. We've just been growing throughout the decade and then COVID hit. So that's like where we left it off. Basically, March 2020, I had something like 20 trips planned from North Korea to South Africa to Norway. And then overnight, hello, COVID. Mm. So we haven't done any tours since March. And now I just got back 48 hours ago from our first tour since uh, the world so reopened. So a year and a half. A year it's and a half. It's been a year and a half since your last... And what have you been doing in the what span of a year Haven't I've been doing? Uh-huh. Unemployed, <laughs> hanging out. So we were here in March talking about this, you know, this thing that's going to probably be gone in a week called COVID. Mm-hmm. Got stuck in Dubai for three months. And in May, Allison and I, plus Your the wife. kids, flew to Canada. And we spent a year and a half in Canada mm. in a small town that's an hour from Vancouver in British Columbia called Squamish. So we decided to spend this COVID time where we're not working to plant the seeds and set roots in a Canadian town where we eventually want the kids to grow up and yada, yada, yada. But for now, the first step is like move somewhere, meet people, mm. buy a house, that kind of thing. So we spend the last year and a bit doing that. Yeah, so travel and tourism, I can't think of a sector that was more hit with COVID, especially like international travel. It's not even like internal. Yeah. So our whole thing is based on weekend trips, being able to like dip quickly. In and, yeah, quickly, like leave on a Friday, back by Sunday, go to Sri Lanka, go to Zanzibar, go mm-hmm. to et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, we got hit hard. By hard, I mean the entire industry collapsed. So, and I knew it's going to be done for a while. I think Mojo, you were showing me a video of like, look what China is doing now when people are entering. This is like May 2020. And the quarantine, the testing, we have to stay in a hotel 
you showed me a video that was like eye-opening like people have to stay in quarantine hotels upon arrival and i'm like oh dude this is just this is death to our industry so at that moment i'm like well it's been a good run let's go back home and like uh reinvent ourselves and like this start this whole new life it's mm. been a good long run have a little bit of money and saved after 10 years of doing this let's try something different mm. so squamish is uh canada's outdoor adventure capital That's cool. yeah so it's like a really good place to have a good healthy life it's tucked in the mountains yet on the ocean and we figured this would be like a great start for our lives that's what i've been up to and yeah i mean arriving in may 2020 canada was doing a lot better than the uae when i left here it was a complete lockdown right yeah, so upon arrival day the weather was nice spring was ending summer is in no masks outside So I recall us being in Dubai having to do, I, I would go running in late May where it's like 40 some degrees while wearing a mask. It was awful. Yeah. And then arriving in this uh, beautiful place, snow-capped mountains at like 22 degrees, running without a mask. Off the bat, that was like the initial thing. A lot more freedoms, restaurants and everything opened up into the summer. More restrictions were lifted. So it was like a fresh start. Yeah. It, it really is not, it's never going to feel like COVID is behind us and until this mask thing goes away yeah yeah the mask thing never took hold in canada really yeah outdoor you don't have to wear a mask ever throughout okay. the whole process you only have to wear a mask indoor and that only actually came in during what they called the third wave which mm. lasted like two three months mm. yeah and now we're back at no masks it's obviously up i mean if you want to wear one you're gonna wear one no one's gonna say yeah, you can't wear a mask But uh, in big shops like Walmart, Loblaws, the bigger chains, by law, they can't force you to wear one. They can't force you to yeah. wear one. Oh, okay. However, independently owned ma and pa type places can have a mask on policy. Yeah. yeah so, so what would you guys do if you've been working in an industry and doing your thing and then overnight you're unemployed And you know that your industry will eventually come back. And you know that you have like one to four years to do something. What would you do? And you have a family and kids. You got a wife and a couple of kids. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, but honestly, like real question, real talk. What would you guys do if you were in that situation where you're like, okay, I have a company, it's going great. Now the thing came and disrupted the thing, but we know it's going to come back eventually. Mm. And financially very stable. Yeah, financially you can rock it for one to whatever years to do to pursue and do something. I mean, try to set up a secondary source of income would be my go-to so that I don't eat into all my savings. True. But how to go about that... That's so either one. get a job or set up a company. Yeah, or set up something else. Okay. Really Geographically, where? Do you have any place? Like, would you go to Bali? Would you, you know what I mean? It's, mm, it's quite no, a unique opportunity, like, Yeah, historically speaking, to be presented this type of I opportunity. Think, well, uh, how you were describing Squamish, I think that's a good, that, that's a good place. Sounds very exciting. Uh, like outdoors activities and things like that. Yeah, it definitely depends on financial situation because I would think of Squamish as being awesome. But I would probably opt for like a less financially burdensome location. Like, Thailand, like a Thailand or a Cambodia. That's true. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is true. However, with the way things were set up, borders were being closed and you can only exist within certain where, you, where you're from. So that's the way I looked at it. What have I always been waiting 
to do. Yeah. And I've really been waiting to get a winter season in. By winter season, I mean like a ski season. That would be an amazing thing to do. <laughs> like I, I, I have friends in Canada and every winter it's a winter wonderland. They just play with snow right. for four months of the, of the prime time uh, pow pow season or the, the snowy season. They're just playing in mountains and with snow. And I'm living here and doing escape. It gives us an ability to travel all over the world. However, it doesn't give you the ability to like commit to a winter season where you're just hanging out in snow and playing. And that's the main thing. And For a whole season. Emphasis on the funness of the sport. It's been something that I've been wanting to do. And I've been presented a unique opportunity that I could relocate and be anywhere. And I thought that would be... I, I chose that yeah. as the thing to do. Okay. So that puts me on something called the Sea to Sky Corridor, which is one road, Highway 99. That goes up from Whistler, sorry, from Vancouver to Whistler, British Columbia. And it keeps going up north to cities such as Pemberton and beyond. It's described as the most beautiful road in Canada. Mm. It's incredible. You have the Pacific Ocean to your left, and it's a big fjord that's called the Howe Sound Fjord to your left. And then to your right, it's to your, and mountains all around. And it's, it's really beautiful. The mountains are great, and the snowboarding is top-notch. Whistler Resort is regarded as one of the best in North America, if not the world. So I positioned myself there to do that. Period. I'm like, let's go, and we went for it. Rented a place on Airbnb for a few months. Arrived there with Allison and the kids. And immediately, I started applying for jobs. Because as Sra said, you can't just eat into your savings because you don't know how long the thing will last. Yeah. What does a Dubai person who's been an entrepreneur for the last like decade do when you arrive in a small town 20,000 people you try to find jobs that you think you'll be able to get and I went for a few interviews what are what are your degrees in like what's your so I have a background in logistics okay I have a master's degree in logistics because our family owns a freight forwarding business here in Dubai but have you ever worked in logistics not a day Okay. <laughs> like not a day. So I applied for this job that showed up on my Facebook. Uh, I saw so I signed up for all the job Facebook groups. Yeah, yeah. And there was one uh, entry position, secretarial phone answering position at a local courier company. Okay. Like a, del- a delivery company. Delivery company. I mean, it's a, a courier company. Mm-hmm. Yo, shout out to the Sky Courier. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you apply anywhere else as well? I applied uh, for a waiter job mm-hmm. at a Korean restaurant. Did you get interviews and stuff? I did, yeah. I went for a couple of interviews and... <sighs> Tell us how they were. Uh, what can I say to you guys? As an entrepreneur, how did it feel walking into like a To be waiter? honest, I've been doing the, the work that I do for, for so long that it has become me. Yeah, over 10 years. Yeah. Over 10 years of doing this work. And prior to doing this work, I was a traveler, a backpacker for three years. So I, outside of my education or being in university, my adult life has been defined by Fajr Travels, the traveler. Yeah. Mm. And when it becomes your work, towards the end, I started resenting being this one-trick pony. Mm. Like Fajr Travels, travel Fajr. So that's all I did. And... COVID was very convenient for me in the sense that I can break out of that mold and try to reinvent myself. So I chose Squamish far away. I, I ended up in a place where I wanted to break out of that mold and reinvent myself as something more than just a traveler. Cool. So I ended up in this place and that's why I'm like, I got to break my ego. I got to like come down to earth 
so I applied for jobs as a waiter. This is very Buddha-esque. Yeah. The monk who sold his Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I read that in a hostel in Goa. Dude, how would it be to for you to go for an interview for a waiter job? Though? Exactly. Like, like I kept still falling back on my on my bragging, which I didn't like. Like at an interview at a Korean restaurant, I had to talk about how I spoke Korean. And I lived in Korea for a year and I owned two restaurants to the point where like the person interviewing me almost didn't take me seriously. Like you're obviously overqualified, buddy. I went for a barista interview, coffee person. I'm like, this will be humbling. Serve people coffees. And still, I couldn't shut up about, oh, yeah, I have like fucking rank, you know, my hotel. and The coffee I had in Ethiopia. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I went to the source of coffee. And I remember shipping containers of coffee, you know. I remember the, fre- the, sound, the smell of fresh beans on the mountainside in Vietnam when I biked across <laughs> yeah. the lot. Yeah, like, I just kept falling in these, in these traps of, like, over bragging. And I'm like, man, like, back, people are like, back. who the fuck yeah, is yo, this Yo, just guy. shut the fuck up and make some coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and all I wanted to is shut the fuck up and make some coffee. Okay, so you keep, like, falling back into, like, the comfort of Fedger the Traveler. Fedger the exactly, Traveler. Exactly, which is something that I really thought I needed to shed for whatever reasons. Like, mm. um, so this went on for a bit. And I saw a job posting for an entry position at a courier company, which was on Facebook. So you press a button, it sends your profile to them that shows you your background. Apparently, this is a thing on LinkedIn yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being yes. an entrepreneur, I never had to use LinkedIn. <laughs> but just like, they've got this great thing, you guys. <laughs> yeah. You click and it sends them all your information. They have it and it just sends them. Like, incredible. I didn't even have to write a resume. <laughs> I applied to 10 jobs like in 10 that minutes. That is what LinkedIn yeah. is. But they have it on Facebook. And it's, I know you guys are younger and you think Facebook is for dinosaurs. But in Canada, that's how you apply for some jobs. And I did. And within an hour, this guy calls me up. His name's Cal. And he literally, the first thing he says to me on the phone is like, Fadger, what are you doing applying for this job, buddy? Like he saw my resume. Like I owned my own company with a lot of online footprint you know, like he, he saw what i'm all about two i've owned two restaurants and hotels and so he's like what are you doing applying for an entry position we get to chatting and this guy loves to chat like i get on the phone with him and honestly it stretches out into like an hour-long call nice. and i'm like oh i'm doing great yeah, <laughs> yeah. he must really like he must really were like you bragging in the call were you talking about yourself I, I did brag i did explain my situation like i went from i always describe it as like hero to zero mm. so in Late February, hero had so many trips coming up and just going and coming and to like unemployed dude with nothing to show for it in in in, in the in the classic sense. This this guy that you spoke to, Cal, was he a business owner? Was he was the owner of this company, but a true Squamish person, like just down to earth. Uh, like words that I would describe to describe a Squamish person, like pickup truck, fishing, down to earth. Never left Squamish or British Columbia. Yeah. Just humble, down-earth folk. Like a hick. Yeah. Uh, no, no, not, not, not a Just, yeah, a hick. <laughs> <laughs> the, re- the, reason, yeah. the reason I asked, was he business owner? Because I imagine seeing your CV, someone who is a business owner. Not my CV, my Facebook profile. Your Facebook profile. <laughs> and, or at least listening to your story on the phone. I feel like that would add a level of respect, like... Oh, this guy, it could have happened to any of us. Mm. That's the exact words where it's like, yeah, man, for no fault of your own, you end up in this position. And I respect a man 
that applies for a job. Yes, exactly. So that's definitely mm-hmm. what happened. It's like, you know what? Come in on Friday. We'll chat. So I put on my uh, blazer, my nice pants, and my uh, smart casual, mm. probably. Like what yeah. somebody would look like at a Dubai golf course. Like, I, I, I think I might have even uh, blow dried my hair. Blue draw. Blue draw. He blue draw. Good thing you blue What is the past of uh, blow drying your hair? Dried. Blow dry. Blow dry. <laughs> okay, I, I blue Fajr, drew my hair. Fedor past tense the blow <laughs> and the dry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I blue d- dried. <laughs> Basically, I blue dried my hair. You dyed <laughs> your hair blue? <laughs> you guys, fuck you. I used to be important. I showed up to this thing looking tip top, man. Yeah, right. you walked into their office. What happens? Uh, it's a warehouse. Park oh. the car. And a young fella walks me in to the office. Mm-hmm. To my surprise, though a very Canadian sounding person on the phone, they were all East Indian. We call them East Indian in Canada, which means South Indian here from India. From India, yeah. the country, not like uh, Native not Americans. Natives. Okay, in no. Canada, we call them East Indians because it's the West Indies. Mm. Yeah. Plus the Native thing, I guess. I never actually thought about that, the Aboriginal people. So they were East Indian. They were from India. Okay. They've been there since the 60s. We're talking second generation and third generation. Mm. Their connection to India was non-existent other than the fact that maybe their parents flew back to their old country. or, But these guys were Squamish. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Squamish had a massive Punjabi community, to be honest with you. I'm still new. I, I don't know the demographic makeup or anything. I sit down and it isn't a Dubai made at office. It doesn't have the luxurious features that somebody in Dubai or in the Middle East who's successful would have in their office. Like, were they dressed up? How? Yeah, like, for example, the Cal, the owner, is wearing shorts, flip-flops, and a shirt. Um, the Yeah, it's just very simple-looking yeah. office. You know what I mean? Like a strip mall-type-looking office. It didn't have the rucham. It didn't have the, yeah. the coffee boy. It didn't have any of these things, you know? They're... Yeah. Very basic. I, I get, I sit down, you know, he tells me to, as I enter his office, open door so it, you don't close the door. I sit down and he's got a Bluetooth head, uh, headset on mm. and he's got two screens and I could notice that they're maps and he's watching his trucks moving from Squamish to Vancouver and north of Squamish to Whistler. Mm-hmm. So basically he's playing air traffic control. Right. ATC. He's, he's on his headphone directing his drivers. Mm. Yeah, turn, turn right. Turn right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. For sure. A lot of the drivers are Punjabi. So it was like the most Canadian English followed by like a bunch of Punjabi back into Canadian English. You know? Uh-huh. Just a seamless flow between the languages directing the traffic. Like, you got to go here pick up this back, you know? And I'm, I'm just sitting and watching him and he's busy. I, it must be a time where it's a pickup time. And as I sit in the office, I'm noticing the office. Behind him, he's got the Canucks flag, the Vancouver Canucks flag. Hockey he's team. got a few hockey sticks on the side. He's got a picture of um, the captain's club, which is like the cap- a picture of every captain from all the regional hockey. So this guy clearly is into hockey. When I asked what the Wi-Fi password is, it was like Canucks rule. <laughs> okay, and I'm just like, okay, I just walked into a very hockey loving situation i later discovered that hockey in canada is broadcasted in french english and punjabi 
what? The Punjabi communities into their hockey. It's so funny. Yeah, it's crazy. Random. It's kind of kind of yeah, random, but they're really into it. So, so you might say they replaced their cricket with hockey. They replaced their cricket with hockey. So you meet Cal. I get to talking to Cal and immediately I tell him my story. That's what happened. And then he explains to me that his parents got stuck in India with the COVID mess. And they had, it was a nightmare trying to get his parents from India back to Canada. He's trying to relate with me with how I got stuck in Dubai. And immediately I fall into like, oh, you guys are from Punjab. I've been to Amritsar and I drop a few names. That fucking, anyway, I found myself yapping about my time in Punjab and I stayed in the Golden Temple. And I remember he gave me such a blank stare. Like, I'm like, oh. And he's like, um, yeah, uh, the Canucks are playing tonight. Are you watching the game? Like, he totally robbed me away. He robbed my attempt to connect through this travel thing mm. from me. Why? Because he's Canadian. Right, yeah. Mm. And at it that moment, I realized, you know what, Fajr? You got what you wanted. Your shit don't work here. This is what you wanted. And you got it. So shut the fuck up. Tune it down. And I look at him and I'm like... Actually, yeah, man, I'm going to be watching the game tonight. And he's like, sweet, let's get some beers. And he like literally yells at one of the guys in Punjabi, like, IPA, you know? <laughs> and within like 10 minutes, we were sipping on some like fat tug IPAs. And I'm like, okay, from now on, moving forward, ditch that shit. Like, it's moving forward. Just be Fedger, man. Yeah, man. You got to be, be yourself, present. bro. Yeah. yeah. Get in touch yeah. with the real you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was the start of it. Um, yeah, he told me, show up tomorrow, see what you could do. Yeah, we'll hire you as some sort of advisor or, you know, consultant. And Well, he saw that you have a logistics master's degree. Yeah, the logistics master's degree is huge because the guys are all just high school graduates and they're hardworking folk. They're not into fancy degrees. <laughs> so they're like, you know, you're here, see what you can do, look at what we're doing, learn, see if we can grow. And he kind of hinted on like growing the business through sales or something. That's when I called you, Mo. And I'm like, yo, man, what is sales? <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I'm like, Mo, how do I grow business? Like, But at the time, I wasn't into it. This was a time I've done sales jobs before and I found it to be... Soul crushing? Soul crushing. It's, it's just not... It's, it's kind of greasy. Right. Grimy. Right. It's, yeah, it's greasy. It's like calling, mm. cold calling... I'm older. I have been successful previously and I have kids. Like, I just want a nice job where I don't have to, to be greasy to like get a bonus. I, I really wasn't into that. Nonetheless, for two weeks, I did my research. Turns out that they actually have the market covered. They work in a very niche local, in a very niche geographical location, the Sea to Sky Corridor. And they got all the customers anyway. And no matter how smart this Dubai master's degree guy, he wasn't going to change the game. This is an organically grown market and it is what it is. Okay. You know what I mean? How in yeah. Dubai or in other markets, you could be this like superstar who's going to go in and flip things upside down. Disruptor, no. disruptor. Oh yeah, I ain't going to be a disruptor in this market. It is what it is. Yeah, mm. it's matured. It's matured beyond matured. And there's know? a need and they're fulfilling the need and that's it. It is what it is. <laughs> حلقة اليوم برعاية Storytel Storytel هو تطبيق بتقدر تسمع منه لآلاف من الكتب الصوتية باللغة العربية والإنجليزية بتعرفوا كيف أنا بحب الشعر فحبيت أقترح عليكم كتاب شعري تسمعوه على تطبيق Storytel 
الكتاب هو بعنوان قصائد قتلت أصحابها وهي عبارة عن مجموعة قصائد كان إلها إيد بنهاية حياة الشعراء اللي كتبوها شكرا كتير لستوريتال لدعمهم لبودكاست جيل الهامبرجر وطبعا بتقدروا تحملوا التطبيق وتجربوه عبر الرابط اللي موجود بصندوق الوصف هلأ خلينا نرجع لقصتنا Okay. Very quickly, it was apparent that I wasn't doing, gonna revolutionize <laughs> their thing. So he told me, why don't you hang out in the warehouse? Mm-hmm. So I went into the warehouse. Now, after two weeks, I started hanging out in the warehouse where trucks are coming and going. It's a man's man world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like 30 some guys uh, ranging from 20 to 60 some truck drivers and cargo is coming and going. It's hectic. It's busy. And that's where like, my role truly began. At the beginning, I didn't like it because I didn't have a defined role and I didn't like standing around. Uh, Canada had a policy at the time like where you had to wash your hands every 30 minutes in the workforce. And believe me, not a 30 minute passed by without me being in the bathroom, <laughs> wasting time and washing my hands, you know? <laughs> and I don't like that. I don't like like looking at my phone to waste time. Right. Uh, But I didn't realize that time has to pass. You have to like, for you to understand the organization and what's happening, you need to put in There's a learning curve. Yeah, those uncomfortable, awkward couple of months. Right, yeah, mm. yeah. And I put them in. And by luck, uh, as we entered, we got into, into fall. Uh, we started getting a whole new revenue stream, a whole new business, Amazon packages, mm. which was very COVID because of COVID. Yeah. What happened, everybody's shopping online. Pure Later is a company that's owned by Canada Post. And they're just unable to handle the influx of Amazon packages. So they were giving us some of the work they couldn't handle. And by chance, I joined the company just a few months before there. And at that point, I was confident enough that that became my thing. Mm. I was the Amazon guy. Delivering Amazon packages. No, packages would arrive from one truck. And it started off with like 10, 20, 50, 100, 500 plus packages a day. Wow. They would arrive on pallets into our warehouse. And my job was to figure out a way to get them to the various drivers, to get them distributed in the 30 plus streets that we service across three cities. Okay. So that was my job. And I took it on and I, I really went for it. And I developed a system where I marked the Amazon package with a letter, which represented the city it's going to, and then a number that represented something. And I would take a picture and I would print it and the driver's So I like really simplified the thing. It didn't take that much intelligence, but the bosses were impressed enough that I got a raise. Oh, damn. Oh, nice. Yeah, damn. Yeah, I went from like 900 bucks to like 1,200 bucks every two weeks. <laughs> so you developed a system that made the operation more efficient. I did. Yeah. And it, it had to do with logistics. like... Logistics. What, yeah. what more do you want from an employee who was hired for, for logistics? Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, logistics guy, bud. A master's so. degree came in handy. <laughs> so yeah, I was like literally taking pictures of the, the packages and I would write something on them. So it helped the drivers to find their packages quicker and faster. And... Uh, Like my, my approval came in when Bobby walked in one day and he's always there. These guys are always there doing their thing. And it's like, oh, I like this system. Oh, you know, okay. Instead of the drivers running around unable to find their packages, I simplified it in a way where it was quick, fast. They were happy. I got a raise and it was the best time of my life. Okay. <laughs> so like as a person who's always been like an entrepreneur, always like chasing and toughing it out and stuff, how did it feel to just like sit back 
and then get like complimented from the boss and not really have to be like chasing all the time. They said jump. I said how high. <laughs> I fucking loved it. It was everything I ever imagined it would be. My entire life has been built on stress and uh, trying to satisfy the clients and being worried where the next successful trip will come from. It's stressful. Even or where your next paycheck is going to come from. Yeah, it's so stressful. Not- it's, I was the reverse entrepreneur. I was the guy looking for like simple, 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 guaranteed mm-hmm. piece of bread at the end of the day. And it was everything I hoped for. Like if I tried harder than the average person who does the bare minimum to get out, they were impressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is great. Like I actually respect these people. And I'm coming from a place of where I've owned a business. So I know like how much you appreciate hard work. Yeah. So I really took it upon myself to like, you know, take it to the next level with these packages. That's where I invented the system where you take pictures with a number on it. <laughs> Fedra's talking about this new system. It's like blue sticker for the blue place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Red sticker for the blue place. W means uh, it's going S to Whistler. Squamish. W is going to Whistler. <laughs> Yo, man, how do you think that one up? Revolutionary. It's like L meant lower mainland. He's I mean, I could have put V for Vancouver, but I thought lower mainland. An above average ape, you know, <laughs> like yeah. a king amongst yeah. idiots. But hold on, hold on. Some packages weren't being delivered. So the next day you would write W. They wouldn't know if the package from yesterday or today. So I started using H for Whistler. The second letter is H. Uh-huh. So now I know H meant it was from yesterday. Damn. I mean, guys, I took it to next level. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, like at some point, did you have like a team with you or like? Was it well, just here's the running? thing. It started just like me doing it. They were happy. But at one point, this honestly, I believe it became their main revenue source. Right, the Amazon thing. Yeah, based on like what they make and they charge from their classic business. And we're talking about a very mature market, as you said, Jamil. They know who their clients are. A lot of it's all construction and service industry. Mm-hmm. Restaurants, bar, liquor, for example, bars are a big part, which got hit with COVID. And it's construction. That's mm-hmm. what's happening in the corridor. Right. But this Amazon thing, I'm confident it represented the majority of their revenue. Mm. especially for that period when things like service industry all over everything was down. hit and this just went bananas yeah. you know and i think i was the right place at the right time for that so it 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 grew to a point where i was assigned a team mm-hmm. well we're gonna have boss. as many as two people under you <laughs> it was never said like that but i was assigned two people to help me to put the w's in one corner <laughs> Put the S in one corner and put the lower mainland in one corner. Okay, but because like, when the drivers show up and they know they're going to Whistler, they don't want to be looking through the S stack when they're in the W. <laughs> you gotta put the W in the And other. I know you're laughing, but when a pallet arrives with like 100 packages on it, some of them are small as an envelope and as big as like a 200-pound trampoline. Uh-huh. You, need some, you need a hand, dog. Yeah. And we're working outside. Just roof is covered, but it's cold. Gloves so on. So it's a lot of physical work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a lot of okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. We had like tires, truck tires arriving with like uh, Amazon uh, waybill thing on it. So like obviously for this genius operation to be able to uh, continue, of course. they assigned you uh, as many as a two team people. of people who were on your level. Exactly. They I had mean, to be like handyman. on the same wavelength. Exactly. As you. I, mean, I mean, they're like, listen, this guy to operate, we need people that he can communicate in with. The, in the same capacity as Same you. capacity. So I had two people. And I'll introduce them now. I'm sure they don't mind. Um, unlikely they're listening. <laughs> the first was Nindi. Nindi. Nindi was all heart. 
is what I can say about Nindi. The guy had big heart. Oh, Nindi. Yeah, he was the owner's brother-in-law. Oh, okay. He came from India, so he spoke no English. Oh. He was six foot two, man. The guy is tall and wide. Big guy. And unfortunately, he was mentally challenged. Mm. He wasn't all there. He's a person of determination. A person of determination. So, you know, he doesn't read or write. He kind of looks at you in a blind stare. You like sometimes have to be like, Nindy. Like, it's just a person of determination. Mm-hmm. What he is good at is physical power not even man he's pretty lazy oh <laughs> uh, i guess he wasn't good i thought he was six foot two so maybe he can like, lift what, some like heavy during up? lunch he would always give me a napkin okay yeah it's, oh that's, yeah. i mean that's a crucial activity <laughs> yeah. you, you, sure are, I was, you do always spill on yourself yeah, I do. so no he wasn't good but he did help me. i'm like nindy help carry this you know and He referred to me as the Muslim. He's like, Muslimon. He would always yell at me in Punjabi and say Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, guys, what the fuck? Because uh, uh, until this point, race or where you're from isn't a thing, except Nindi, <laughs> the person of determination, yells at me in Punjabi all the time and says Muslimon. <laughs> so I got somebody to translate. And apparently in the old country, in his village, they got in a fight with some Muslim group. Okay. And he like... And what was he to saying? What was he saying? To I don't know. Like, little, little Muslimon. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there was Nindi, who was my right hand man. <laughs> and on my left hand, I had probably, Jamie. Probably telling Fajr, I'm taking order from this, from this fucking Muslim. Yeah. He's spilling on himself at lunch. Keep in mind, we're like in a warehouse, unheated, winter Canada. Like trying to move boxes and tires and like dealing with like 500 plus packages. A day. Hold so, up, can we rewind for just a second? Of you said that he gives you tissue. During yeah. break. Yeah. Like, do you ask for the tissue or just he no. randomly comes and hands you a tissue? Yeah, he, he goes to the bathroom and gets me a tissue and folds it and gives it to me. Oh, that's very nice of him. It's extremely Why? nice. I don't know. It's Nindy. Dude, he, he was such a character, man. And I really, really liked this guy and I was extremely nice to him. And subhanAllah, Annie, you, you develop, no matter what, you develop some sort of communication. communication and like a thing. And we would joke around. I'd slap him on his belly and he would chase <laughs> after me. <laughs> What? <laughs> and he would chase after yeah, you yeah. With, a, with a knife. No, he would chase after me with like this big stick. He wants to hit me, and I was like, <laughs> "I'm like, Nindy, go fuck off!" Like it was really funny. We had a thing going on. So I had Nindy in one, in one corner, and I and I knew he 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 would fucking act stupid sometimes, you mm. know, yeah. to like get out of work. Okay, yeah, uh, like he's like, more clever yeah, than you think. Exactly, he's a fucking <laughs> conniving little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Nindy yeah no dude I'm telling you it's all like like this is the people this is my coworker that I'm with eight hours you know what I mean hours a day every yeah, day yeah. You develop um, like when he was sick and he, he had like high pressure and he had uh, sukkari uh, he had he had physical issues and he would like lose vision if he's missing then I'll go and I'll ask about him I drove him to work home every day mm-hmm. like it wasn't just nothing like he's a g- good guy but subhanallah yani, that was what I was dealt As Sra said, on the same wavelength, I had Nindi. And on the other corner, <laughs> I had Jamie. Okay, how can I describe Jamie? Jamie's 40 to 55-year-old uh, white dude who uh, at this stage is living in his trailer. Mm-hmm. And his trailer is positioned in the parking lot where we park the trucks. Jamie always had a cigarette in his hand. He loved Chevys, hated Fords. Uh, Jamie 
is down on his luck hmm. kind of guy. Down uh, on his luck. Yeah, like a trailer park boy kind of dude who's always... He's the kind of guy you never want to ask, hey, how are you? Because mm-hmm. his reply will be, fuck life, I hate my shirt. Yeah, kind, right, kind of right, guy. Right, right, right. His position within the... It's co- like a winning combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. His position in, 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 in the company, he was a foreman. He was just a helping hand. Uh-huh. Like, hey, Jamie, put some wa- you know, washing fluid in the car. Jamie, pick up the trash. Jamie, you know, it's that kind of guy. He lives on the property and was probably stoked to be on the property and just, you know, helped around. Mm. Right. The perfect kind of candidate to help me around to With put the W's in the Whistler. <laughs> he can handle that. <laughs> Solid dude. Don't get me wrong. The guys helped me out. I bought a truck for 2500 bucks that was abandoned in our parking lot. Helped me, you know, change the oil, get a new battery in. You know, even though it was a Ford. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> is that when he was... Uh, he yeah, he was so angry. He's like, fucking Ford. Chevy's is where it's at. And I'm just like, Jamie, man, please. <laughs> like, you can cheat on your Chevy today. Yeah. So that kind of guy. Okay. Story goes that Jamie was begging for change in front of a grocery store and the owner of the company saw him and decided to like offer him a job as a driver and within like two weeks got into many accidents and was fired and rehired as a foreman. He was more of a charity hire, okay. much like Nindy. Much like right. you. Much like me. <laughs> much like me. We were, we were the charity team for sure. <laughs> Oh, the MVPs of the company. Yeah, the MVPs of the company. <laughs> and that, like, speaks Three honestly. Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I... Oh, my what God. What a guy, Cal. Oh, dude. I would like to stop and say that the Punjabi community in Squamish is incredible. Dude, they, all they do is, like, volunteer and serve their community. These guys on the weekends go out and, like, volunteer. And they're just the best community ever. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of them. They would hire people like Jamie and so they, me. you'd say they're outstanding Canadian citizens. Outstanding in every way. I wish our communities in Canada can be like them because mm. they're they're fantastic, loved by everyone. Their culture gels well with the Canadian culture and hardworking people. And they've really like carved their place in that society mm-hmm. with the highest respect possible. And man, they stand up for each other. You know, you see, I've been in India and I know, see, falling back into my stories, but I have never seen a Punjabi guy beg in my life, a Sikh person beg. Mm. They have honor, they, they work hard, and that's what I knew about them moving into the company. And that kind of got me worried. I'm like, oh, these guys work hard. They're going to want me to work hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, obviously they would have such a team as me, Jamie, and Nindi, you know, dealing with the Amazon things. And my job was just this, sort out the cargo so the drivers actually deliver it i wasn't doing anything point being mm-hmm. we rocked it man like we at times i would i'd be done at four but i'd be there till i've had days where i was there till like 8 30 p.m you know sorting the packages in in a way that was very hands-on nothing uh that required a master's degree <laughs> like putting numbers and letters and lining them up and giving people their way bills the printed number that they have and make sure everything's taken care of they definitely appreciated that and yeah, it was great. But however, as we got into like February, that source of revenue started to dry up. Amazon. Yeah, Christmas, New Year. And then we have the uh, overflow into January. By February, it was clear that wasn't going to happen anymore. And I had to reinvent myself. And I found that the forklift was calling my name. Because <sighs> the owners and their sons were the only people that got on the forklift to offload the pallets off the trucks mm. and re 
reload the pallets onto the trucks. Because you have a bunch of shit coming from the city. It gets offloaded and redistributed. Depending if it's going to W, P, or S. P being Pemberton. I haven't mentioned Pemberton, by the way. Shout out, Pembe. So when you say the forklift is calling your name, you saw a forklift. I saw a forklift. I'm like, I want to learn this. Yeah. Uh, okay. But more importantly, the forklift represented the least amount of brain power in my mind. Really? Oh. Like, I don't even have to think about letters. Have you driven? <laughs> like, have like you... for me, this was the peak of the anti-entrepreneur. Mm. It was like the most like automatic yeah simpleton because even with the amazon things i might go home and think about it and i'm like "Uh -uh." i don't need need that kind of energy (laughs) yeah i don't need to like stress about shit the forklift represented the it was a catalyst for the most blue collar redneck shit auto Uh you can go on auto auto i just get in i set on my forklift offload upload put it off Days over. Drink beer with the boys. Bitch about our wives. Go home. <laughs> it was. It was like my dream. And until that point, I thought I had it pretty good, boys and girls, with the Amazon thing and my dream team of Jamie and Indy. <laughs> but I got Italia. Once I sat on that forklift and I offloaded my first pallet, it was amazing. Uh-huh. Have you driven a forklift before? Never. First time. First time driving a forklift. Easy to figure out. Pretty easy. There's like up, down, left, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like okay. It's a video well. game. Yeah, uh, it's uh. pretty easy. Actually, what's the third lever do? Oh, I guess I haven't figured uh, it out. I hadn't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Up, down, left. <laughs> I mean, Good question. Yeah. Maybe the third lever is to move the thing? <laughs> yeah. No, no. The thing is on the left or forward uh, and back. No, Jamila, have you not been? There's up, down, left, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, that's a good question. I got to get back on the forklift. <laughs> Point being, it's like I got into it and the stress <laughs> melted. The stress of like Amazon packages and where they're going. I'm like, dude, this is like what kings drive. <laughs> I got to mention that on the side in the morning, I was doing my pilot license in our town. So the fact that they knew I was doing my aviation training fooled them into thinking this guy flies planes, therefore he can operate a forklift that handles thousands of dollars worth of cargo. Mm. Cargo, for sure he can do it. So they didn't ask about licensing, which I don't have, and they know what I don't have. Do you need, do you need like a forklift license there? Technically, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah. But like nobody has it. It's a kind of license you get in like a half day course in okay. some alley. Okay. It's not like a real thing. Mm. So they trusted me. And at times we're like offloading expensive shit, you know? And, yeah. and anyway... It was a learning process, but I got good at it. Okay. Yeah. Did you get good at it? Oh, fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. And and I just kind of like uh, grimed my way into that position. I just like started jumping on the forklift because I'm doing nothing but washing my hands in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Amazon packages are drying out. I got a secure position. Uh, right, right, right. And then one day a guy came in and was needed help to get a pallet on his truck. And he asked, where's your forklift operator? And they all pointed at me. Uh-huh. And that's oh, the day where the I'm like, badge. ching, ching, <laughs> like, oh Securing my God, I've bag. made it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, guys. It was the happiest time of my life. Driving the forklift was incredible. Zero stress. Yeah, yeah. And you're just operating a little machine. You're cruising back and forth. You're sitting on your butt. You're not even standing and like lifting shit with your hand. Like right. physically, it's not even painful. And it doesn't have like the boredom of sitting in front of a computer. 
It's the best, man. Like I worked outside looking at mountains all day, just driving my forklift, trucks coming in. I knew all the drivers by name. I helped <laughs> Baptiste unload when he needed to be unloaded. Does it have like a meditative uh, aspect to it? Like you're just It just like, had a badass aspect, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was just it was just fun. It was fun. I swear to God, a four hour shift flies. When you're on the forklift? Yeah, you're just flying back and forth. Squ- you know, the S Squamish goes to the left. The West Side traffic goes <laughs> here. The still Pemberton. implementing the system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was really fun and it like flew by and I appreciated it. And I tried being more efficient always. Mm-hmm. Like applying gas while lifting up to like to save a millisecond and get better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was great, man. It was really great. I can't talk highly enough. All of you CEOs out there that are working too hard Get into forklifting. <laughs> it's like it's where find, it's at. Find yourself a forklift somewhere. Yeah, so I rocked it, man. I rocked it. Um, and at that point, I'm like, Fajriani, you're checking all the boxes, buddy. You're really achieving your life goals here. Like patting myself on the back, feeling pretty good. I got hired based on on my Facebook thing. And, and I worked my way through this company down to the forklift <laughs> down which is like <laughs> typically a teenager job yeah, <laughs> yeah. he came in entry level yeah, he entered like, as a consultant uh, you consultant know? and exactly. i weaseled my way down to the forklift <laughs> they, they at one point they were like telling me i should open another office They're like we should partner up and open a freight forwarding office near the airport to get their traffic and i'm like oh hold on a minute <laughs> slow it down there guys because what i want to do is the forklift and eventually the day came the guy pointed I'm the forklift operator all dreams were accomplished and I remember going home to Allison like just being like life is perfect <laughs> like it was so good Allison, and even like some uh, Allison with the kids would come and I'd like show off my forklift into the to my kids <laughs> yeah man Summer would like jump on the forklift with me she called it the snort because one of her books was about a snort uh, clearly you guys don't have kids <laughs> <laughs> Because it's in one of her uh, books. There's like a, f- a thing, a machine. Uh, and I'm like, Bob, it's for it's Norit. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you should be very proud of like. She's like my hero dad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was fucking awesome. And it's small. the town is so small that like when you drive anywhere, people will see me. So my friends who worked in the office around the corner, like I run into people all the time because we deal with every business in town. Right. And I would deal with them because I'm like putting their life. I just felt I was part of a community. Mm. Right. You know, not having to think. Drinking IPAs, mm-hmm. just enjoying life, man. It was watching, great. Watching hockey. Watching, it, was, it was pretty brilliant. Um, but until that point, everything about my character in that company was based on my mouth and what I said that I am and weaseled my way into this great position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeping in mind, my salary kept dropping. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I remember like making like 35 bucks, you know, 30 bucks, 25 bucks. Like my last paychecks were pretty low. But I'm like, oh man, this is success. <laughs> Um, but I, I still, I still had to prove myself. Like my, I got, I bought the pickup truck, which I helped get running with Jamie and one of the bosses. Changed the oil filter, changed a couple of things, got it going. I got the sweet, you know, coveted forklifting job that I had my eye on. Uh, so things were pretty good, but I felt like there was still missing piece in, in, in my character at that position. It was just a guy who spoke a lot and got everything until one day. I was driving my forklift and our yard is mostly paved. There's a section that isn't paved. Mm. And when you go on it and it's wet, sometimes but mm. the wheel, wheel spins. The tire like, gets stuck in the mud. Especially like when hole. you're carrying heavy cargo. 
Digs a hole with the tire. Yeah, the tire creates a hole. I honestly didn't intend for it to create a hole, but that happens. It's the physics of that. Jamie saw that from mm. his trailer. The foreman. Yeah. I really got to give you guys a little background about Jamie. I already told you he lived in a trailer and he meant well and I thought he was a stand-up dude. Jamie didn't used to live in a trailer. One day, cops showed up, RCMP, mm. following Jamie with a guy yelling at him. He got evicted from his house. And ouch! it was a huge... See, imagine, like, at your work. And, and then he moved in on his trailer. So he was an edgy dude right. who was forced out of his house, evicted in public in front of all of his staff. Now he lives on his trailer. And he saw me, بفحت. and I really don't need to emphasize enough that I wasn't فحطing out of love. It was the physics of the situation. So Jamie says to me, Fill that hole in, motherfucker. Wow. Yeah. Because it's Jamie's job to, you know, pick up garbage and make sure things are right. And I'm like, what? I ignored it. Mm. It was very aggressive. Yeah, very Conf- aggressive. Confrontational. Later on that day, in the warehouse, which can be described as like a jail type. Vibe. Yeah, jail-like yard. It was very like testosterone-filled bunch of men packages. Jamie's across the motherfucking thing. Calling me out. Mm. Like in front of everyone. In front of the two out of the three bosses and everybody. Just being like, fuck you, you heard me. You're like, blah, 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 go. And I'm like, damn, is he like, what the, am I being called out? Mm. But in my mind, I'm like, this is your moment, Fajr, <laughs> to prove that you're a man. <laughs> so he's yelling at you and... Yelling at me across the warehouse. Uh, two of the bosses, including a son of an order, were watching. Uh-huh. And that's when it clicked. They are here to see the test of your character. Mm-hmm. Or, or just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but in my own mind. <laughs> he's, he's got the story. <laughs> Rocky. Yeah, yeah. His life is a movie. Exactly. Yeah, my life yeah. is a movie. I'm the central I'm character, sorry. obviously. <laughs> and every piece has fallen into place. I got this sweet job. I got the girl on my arm. You know, I, I'm driving this forklift into like the wind, yeah. like just killing it. And Jamie like. is like the and the Jamie is the nemesis like calling my character out, and I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is supposed to happen. This like is this. like every in fucking front of the movie. All bu- oh, full audience, guys. Yeah. This is when the truck came back. I'm picturing like a like a bunch of men on an oil rig, or like uh, it could have been on b- an oil rig. A bunch of men like at a construction site or in a prison yard. Yes, like, yes. The male, like there's a there's a pecking order of males, and every time there's males around, there's a pecking order. And until that point, I felt like I have been fakely made it to that point. I felt like a scrap has to go down. I gotta prove myself. Mm. When Jamie called me out and called me a mother effer, I'm like, time to step it up. And he's like, mother effer, you've been. Yeah, it's like, you go fill up the fucking holes in the lot. And I'm like... Did it go dead quiet? While oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Everybody shit. was like, yo. Oh, damn. They're all watching, though. The owner's going to stop it. They're like, yo, let's see if this Dubai little bitch is going to... You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Rightfully so, because my entire character is based on my goddamn stories. I haven't had to throw a fist yet. Uh-huh. And I'm like, mm. okay. And in my mind, I'm like, it's playing out just like you wanted. <laughs> You're insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You are a crazy person. You are insane. Yeah. yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, this is it, baby. Your number's been called. No, this narrative that you've created, this is insanity. 
But in my mind, I got called. <laughs> okay. I remember like every step I took, I'm like, shoulders <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And I remember like, chew- like playing the words in my mind, like, you are the motherfucker. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna fuck you up, you know. And then he said something like, "Like uh, blah blah blah." I'm gonna fuck up your truck. He helped me with my truck, which is such a shame because I like Jamie. It's a shame he had to be the victim from to be my stepping into this new manhood. character <laughs> into manhood. Yeah. And I was just like, so it got really heated, but I didn't step back. I fucking boiled to like, fuck you. It's going down. Who the fuck are you talking to? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all this macho talk. How close are you guys to each we're, other? We're an inch apart. Inch apart. An like inch face apart. Face And I'm just, in my mind, I don't want to brag, but I gym and I've done boxing. I think I can take this guy on. However, I am worried about the legal repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's all. It's a, it's a simple little thing in the background. Like, I can't actually fucking hit him. Up. Hit him you, don't, you don't want to swing and get it. Like, I like, I just want to do this macho little dance. Yeah, the yeah. bosses saw that I didn't pussy out and back out. So I pushed him. I gave him the old, we're an inch apart. Like, and I remember it being Corona and the masks on, yet at the same time, we're like an inch apart spitting at each other. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, I hope I didn't COVID. <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's worth it. Like, you're proving yourself. Yeah. So I pushed him. And when the push happened is when the bosses stepped in, separated us mm-hmm. at that point. So, yeah. But you've done enough. Oh, at that point, they saw the anger. And like, yeah, I've proved the point that it was, I wasn't going to just you can get yelled at by own. an older man. Yeah, it's not my own. Later on that day, I even got a phone call from the boss completely apologizing for Jamie's behavior and he's out of line. And I'm like, dude, it's water under the bridge. I really don't care, you know? Mm. It is what it is. It sucks that I never made up with Jamie because I thought he was a pretty cool guy. Like until today, even when I went in for my last day at work, we're drinking and, you know, just shooting the shit and saying goodbye and, and good luck. You know, the world's opening back up. Fajr, you're going back to your business and, and um, just hanging out with them. They were all like expressing, oh, it's a shame that Jamie couldn't just come and shake your hand and say goodbye. Uh, so I still have an enemy out there. Uh, Jamie, if you're listening, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, it was an act. You were a victim. <laughs> I had, <laughs> had, I had to, to prove done. myself. Had to be done. Yeah. Jamie, if you ever are in Dubai, we would like to have you in the podcast and hear your side of I the story. I want to hear his side. Well, Fajr used to bully him every day. Fajr <laughs> <laughs> in the corner crying after that little yell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told him. Why did he yell at me? No, Fajr, what you imagine is like I got right up in his face. It's like you like bawling tears. Like, why are you saying this? That's like, really mean. <laughs> That's really mean, So I Jamie. told the guy, I told him. <laughs> but honestly man that's how i remember it my story i stand by it <laughs> so yeah how was my year man it was a bunch of fucking blue collar redneck type shit but it was great it was awesome i met some incredible people and you and learned how to fly a plane yeah yeah learned and how to fly lift. a plane spent spent a winter season in whistler worked for the baddest ass company mm. run by real people that do real hard work i just felt like you know the scrap was kind of like the icing of the package it just had to it had to go down mm-hmm. you know and would i change a thing no i wouldn't Shit, man not a bad covid year at all forklift plane snowboarding integrated into punjabi community of uh, what was it called squamish squamish and developed a very complex package delivery system. Yeah, for sure. W <laughs> yes. for Whistler. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's H. So from yesterday. Yeah. 
But overall, man, it was sweet. And, and for anybody looking to invent themsel- reinvent themselves and start a completely new life, a courier company is the heart of every town. It introduces you to every company in your town. Oh. So that was through that, I met people that worked in every company and people from every sect of that town. So if I want to go somewhere new and like plant roots in a new town, wow, how lucky did I get by working in a courier company? I know exactly what Squamish is all about, all the businesses that are there, what the town is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it kind of came by luck, but also I did spend two years getting a master's degree. But yeah, sweet spot to like establish yourself or start a new life in a new place. So did you figure out who Fedger is without the travel aspect? Uh, well, no, I just adopted this new character <laughs> who drives a pickup <laughs> truck and fist fights. No, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay, he yeah, doesn't. I don't, I don't know. That's, he's that's, still that's, discovering. Yeah, more mm-hmm. discovering. I guess Fajr is a father. Mm-hmm. He's a pilot, maybe. He's a forklift driver. <laughs> he's <laughs> many things. He's many things. I'm complex, guys. <laughs> thank you for listening, and thank you, Fajr, for your story. Even though I might not find myself on a forklift anytime soon, I sure do admire the ability of someone to humble themselves back to a simple job and be happy. Thanks again for listening. I'm Jamil on the Hamburger Generation podcast and we'll catch you on the flip side.